This is a part of the Aggie Radio Show Network. Hi, I'm Caleb Price, and you're listening to Relatable Thoughts. Did you know that what goes on in your mind is the reason for everything you experience in life? For your anxiety, for the money you make, your major, your relationships, reaching your goals, even the feelings you feel. So why is no one talking about it? As a college student, a Latter-day Saint, and a certified life coach, I'm speaking up and talking about our thoughts and teaching you how to manage your mind. Because the secret is, you aren't alone in what you think. Your thoughts are totally relatable. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Relatable Thoughts. This is episode 58, and I'm going to be really quick on this one because this episode, to be honest, it's a longer one. It's probably my longest one yet, but that just means it's a really good episode. These interviews that I've been doing with people are amazing, and I've loved how real and raw people have been. These are real people with real experiences, and I'm bringing them to you to help you in your life as a fellow young adult or wherever you are in your stage of life, what is talked about here can apply to you. You are not alone in what we talk about today. I have on the podcast Sheldon McNiven. He's a really good friend and we talk about grit. We don't really talk about it on the podcast, but we decided the title should focus on this idea of grit. Grit not being just willpower, just this urge like we're going to just do it and muscle down and er, furrow our brow. It's so much more than that. Grit truly means this thought that just comes up with practice and dedication and exercising our mind and mental fitness, this thought of there's no way I'm losing this, basically. There's no way I'm giving up. Like, there's no way that I'm going to lose this fight, basically. And so if you are interested in anything about grit, if you're curious about depression and what that does to a person or even... We're going to talk about suicide, to be honest. And so, if, you know, if that's a trigger warning, maybe this isn't the episode for you. But we talk about really helpful ways to overcome those thoughts and to grow as a result of those things. And that those thoughts of suicide or depression or anything that you feel is dark and against you and you feel like is just unworthy of yourself and like you feel wrong for having, know that it's okay. It's okay to have those thoughts. It's okay to be in that mind space because you're a human being, just know that that is not the end. That is not your life, basically. Your life is so much more and you have so much to give. If you know anyone in this headspace right now, share this with them so that they can understand that there's light always at the end of the tunnel, that everything is only for a season and that you can grow from this. There's nothing wrong with you and nothing has gone wrong, but the opportunity to change is still available. Anyway, take a listen with my good friend, Sheldon. Well, welcome back to Relatable Thoughts. This is episode, I think it's going to be episode 55. And again, I have a special guest. I'm rotating every week. I'm bringing someone on that I think has something important to share. Fellow young adults and college students like yourself. And today on the podcast, I have my son, um, <laughs> I have my friend, Sheldon, Sheldon McNiven. How are you doing, Sheldon? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm great. <laughs> I'm just, I'm glad we're doing this because we've been talking about this for bit now yeah feels like it's been a long time (laughs) yeah 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 so um tell us who you are how do i know you um (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a good yeah good explanation uh so yeah my name's sheldon mcniven um i'm from orem utah um i was gonna say a small town but it's not really 
small. <laughs> I, I guess it depends so. where you're from. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to be, or I lived down in Blanding, Utah for a while. So oh. I'm kind of like used to saying I'm from like a small town. Yeah, because that's pretty small. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah, Blanding's My way small. Mom's it's... from Price, or she lived in Price, Utah. So I don't know if that's near Blanding at all. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's like. I think it's like an hour from Blaine. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Never yeah. is important, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm from there. Um, my, uh, a lot of, a little bit about myself, my hobbies. I love sports. I love, you know, working out, uh, doing, going like rock climbing and stuff. Swing dancing is always fun. So I like to do quite a bit of things, hunting, you know, it's, uh, um, and definitely like learning about the brain. So <laughs> yeah, I think work, uh, it'll be perfect for the podcast. So, have a few things to say about it yeah sheldon is a stud he's uh he's in kind of my apartment complex up in my ward i've known um you kind of last year as well too so like it's been you know we've talked and i think really this semester and last semester really had kind of getting into these deeper conversations about like what um when it comes to mindset right. um mental shifts uh, mental health and just like how we approach things. Also dating. Talk about dating quite a bit. That's so always fun. It's an important one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's all we, not all we talk about, but <laughs> it, it comes up. It comes up. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I'm super excited. So um, Sheldon, what are you sharing with us today? What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. Great question. So uh, a big thing that I want to like share today is about resiliency and how to overcome yourself pretty much. And so I'm going to be sharing a story uh, with all of you guys who's listening to the podcast. And so my story uh, comes from some humble beginnings. <laughs> uh, it definitely comes from wrestling. Um, there was uh, some like mental stuff I had to like work through and wrestling helped me out a lot with that, which was super cool. Uh, helped me realize a lot of things. So it was in like junior year when I had like depression and I'll be talking about like how to like overcome that some of my few experiences with sports. Um, yeah, so it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited for this episode. So tell me, um, so what got you into, I guess, the question being into to wrestling and like oh, yeah. the beginning of the story? Yeah, so it all starts with my dad. <laughs> nice. So my my dad, he was a big-time wrestler. You know, wrestling's his passion. He's actually a coach right now in Taylorsville High School. Um, he's also a history teacher. He drives bus. Uh, he has like a CDL license, so he you know drives quite a bit. Um, but yeah, so a lot of wrestling came from him. So ever since like I was born, pretty much he wanted me to wrestle. So I like, and I wasn't like, I don't know. I I didn't like it a ton. Like it wasn't my passion, but I definitely like doing some of it. You know. So in junior high, like I wrestled wrestled a little bit here and there. And then freshman year was when I was like, okay, through, you know, throughout middle school and also elementary school, I've never finished an actual year of wrestling. And so freshman year, I was like, okay, here's the year where I'm going to do it. However, <laughs> that was the worst year to like complete a season just because it was, it was way harder than like all Dang. the other. Well, yeah. Cause you probably, I mean, you were jumping up from middle school to high school, which I imagine is a big change. Right. First off. Oh, it was, it was such a big change. Uh, and so, yeah, so my dad really wanted me to do it. He he wrestled in college as well. Um, we've already had that conversation wrestling in college. I was like, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, uh, uh, but yeah, so when I started wrestling in like freshman year, 
it was is it, it was like the hardest year of wrestling of my life pretty much it was crazy there's i had like great coach coaches um tim blotter was one of them um chad blevins was like another big coach um all of them are like mentors mm-hmm. to me now so but yeah i was able to you know kind of like work through it be able to like you know i just wanted to do wrestling for that freshman year and then after after that i was planning on quitting i was like yeah, I'm finished with wrestling. I'd rather do other things with my life, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get through this one year, complete it, say you did it, and then be like, I'm I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, sophomore year started, and I guess it was my, my dad or, like, my coaches saw something in me or something. They're just like, hey, you, you, you should totally come back. And I was too nice at the time. Well, I told them no, but <laughs> <laughs> but I was, like, too nice at the time to really, like, actually do it. And so, yeah, I ended up wrestling – a sophomore year and sophomore year is kind of like where everything started changing and then junior year hit and everything like just went went downhill like i mm-hmm. i fell into like a depression because i was pretty much living a life that i didn't want to live you know mm-hmm. and so with my because everybody was like telling me things that i should be doing mm-hmm. and i did those things because you know i wanted to get like a college degree um, I wanted to get some scholarships for college. Mm-hmm. So, so like what kind of things just like clubs and stuff, homework and all that, or like, are you talking about specifically with wrestling? Yeah, it, it was all of it. So yeah, I'll just focus more on junior year. Um, but yeah, sophomore year just kind of like transitioned into junior year. Of, I was, I was just like, I, my plate was super full. So I was like in the math club, I was wrestling I was working at the time too. So like right. it was like all this stuff and then trying to get, so a big scholarship that I wanted to get was called the Regents scholarship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and you can't get like below, I think it was like a B minus or something. And the ACT, <laughs> the ACT, I like bombed it. Like, oh, it was, it was so bad. Uh-huh. I hate the ACT, but <laughs> luckily a lot of people probably did. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so for me in my mind, like I failed essentially so Mm -hmm. i like i failed life pretty much and so in in my mind i was like yeah i'm not i'm never gonna amount to anything Mm -hmm. you know and so like all these thoughts just kind of like boiled down to like a spiral of just you know kind of like darkness not knowing where to go loss of hopelessness or you know and so like there's a lot of things that happen Mm -hmm. that just kind of like boiled down to that point and i i didn't know where to go i didn't know like who to turn to and so yeah, that was like, it was honestly like a scary time just because when you're in that moment and I, I understand everybody who has like thoughts of like suicide or like real, like, you know, serious depression. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, thoughts of suicide were there, you know, is uh, I was like in that dark of a place. And mm-hmm. for me to like, I'll talk about like how I was able to overcome it, but I just want to say to everybody who has like thoughts of suicide, like just know that you're not alone. Uh, you know, definitely like, cause I've had those same thoughts and I know exactly what it feels like. Mm-hmm. You have like an anvil, like just on your shoulders, shoving you down in the ground because, and you don't know how to like overcome it. And so there's no hope, you know, you, you kind of don't know what to do. So, um, but yeah, I just want to let everyone know that you're not alone and, you know, just seek help because there's so many people out there that want to help you through the trials because they've overcome those things too yeah it's so true i thank you for saying that because like i don't know i've always and i've been trying really to say that but i think it just it's it's time to like really come clean and just be like you like belong and you are not alone in that because like i too have also 
had those similar thoughts where those thoughts of like suicide and what it would be like if I weren't here or it would just be easier and, and you wouldn't feel this pain and everything that is there. Mm. Oh yeah. And it is scary. It's scary. Cause you just think it, it's just always because you don't, for me, at least you don't think it expected to come to you basically, or you're like, what does this mean about me? Am I just like, right. So broken to the core and that none of that, none of that is true. The, the biggest truth about it all is just means that you're a human being and you are encountering one of life's great struggles, which is just like feeling mortality, basically, and recognizing yeah. that and also all the weight that we effectively put on ourselves. We just don't recognize that that anvil that you're describing is all the combination of our thoughts and our emotions that are on top of us that we are creating though it's not it, i wouldn't say it's our fault though because we just don't know mm -hmm. we're not aware and we don't see it and even if like and, and it also gives things outside of us when it comes to like our society when it comes to like um just the way like in high school when we're growing up we're just like usually conditioned to not talk about these things with yeah. anybody yeah like parents or any like for, like well that's terrible that's even worse than like <laughs> than like is actually talking about it yet that's that's the exactly. secret to kind of getting there i don't know is there anything like you would add to this part of the discussion yeah and definitely like suicide prevention is huge yeah. i think in utah I I can't remember the stats like in total, but I think Utah is like the number one state for like suicide just because of how pressured we are like as Utahns to go above and beyond, go above like the mark. And which is good if you have like, you know, if you do it, but if you go about it in the right way. Yeah. And so but obviously, you know, some people can't, you know, do like some, I don't know, like. B bc calculus for example that was a big thing for me was like because i'm an engineer you know, i'm studying engineering right now and in high school i wanted to get good grades in math mm -hmm. and almost like failed the class i got like a c i think in secondary honors math three and so and that was like a big thing for me too so you know some people just they it's okay to not teach a fish how to climb a tree you know it will believe it's <laughs> itself is like stupid for us of life you know yeah <laughs> so it's like you know, obviously, if you can't, like, do something, it's all right. You know, just, like, find another path. There's always other options to go about doing something. It's not worth, like, beating yourself up over it. Right. There's, like, sort of this idea, like, we kind of have to be smarter or at least more. We can recognize that there's always another solution. Mm -hmm. It's not about brute forcing our way through the same way that it's always been done. That's why I felt a lot of, like, depression or at least, like, um worry and nervousness and like darkness around the idea like because i wanted to do music early as a career but i just felt mm -hmm. like that was impossible because of everything i saw and and so i was like i was conflicted because i felt this desire but then this pressure to like just be normal and then and well there's that and even though like uh, there are plenty of other ways to go about doing that sort of thing so i like that the idea with like when it comes to like math for you it's just like it's so easy in high school to be like I failed at this, like I'm going to just fail my life or yeah. there's no way to get to the thing that I want, even though there are hundreds of different options. We are not limited in it. And I think the biggest thing is when we attribute those failures to mean something about us. Yeah. When we're like, oh, I failed in this, like I must be a failure or I'm not worth what I want or my dreams are just like a failure. And we're just like putting that all on ourselves, like totally my fault. When in reality, it's just like, oh, like we failed, like whoop-de-doo, like 
Yeah. Like those, that's fine. Like failure, first off, good thing because it means you're trying. Right. Second off, just means that there's different things you need to approach a problem with. And third off, just I think like most importantly is just recognizing that doesn't mean it doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. Like that's the biggest thing that I continue to learn is just like, yeah, my failures, my setbacks, my mistakes, nothing to do Mm -hmm. with who I am and like what I'm striving to be and what I want to be. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. Not making those limits mean anything about you because they can be overcome. But if we believe that it means something about us, then we're never going to overcome and we're just going to get stuck. Like you probably felt and I especially have felt yeah. And the thing that I would say too is if once you fail, it just it just shows you're one step closer to achieving your goals or like your dreams, right? So if you like if you have all these failures, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're trying, you're over you're you're growing essentially. You know, you're improving yourself. And so that's one things that that's the thing that I needed to see during that time in my life. Um and yeah, I just kind of going back with like suicide. Um yeah, just I want everyone to know that this is not the answer. You know, like we've suicide prevention is is there. You know, there are so many resources for you to reach out to. And, you know, it's almost it, it's kind of selfish, honestly, you know, to, um, you know, take your own life because there's so many other people who love you and who'll be super sad if you're not there. You know, that like seat at the dinner table that's empty, you know. And so that's mm-hmm. like. Yeah, just know that it's not the case that you're alone, like in these deep, dark trials. Um, there are ways to overcome it. So yeah. I would just finalize, I not to steal your thunder, because that was oh, wonderful. And I agree that if you need help with any of that, like there are plenty of people out there. Oh, for sure. Friends always willing to listen to talk to you about any of this. But the biggest thing that changed my life when it comes to this kind of things is recognizing you are not your emotions. Mm-hmm. This is, while it feels so permanent, it's temporary it might last a while in your mind like eternity but it is always temporary and i love to think about in terms of perspective shift like just recognizing like if this is just like a small blip in my lifetime basically can i just try to continue to keep going or can i reach out to someone so that the rest of this is of my life is more enjoyable or has that impact that I desire um, upon people because you are not limited to this day alone. You are limited to eternity basically. So exactly. And yeah, nobody is ever stuck. Uh, They have just lost perspective uh, from what Brendan Burchard says. That's very like Sheldon, (laughs) like, wow, you need to write that down. (laughs) Well, it's a good quote still, but I'm glad you brought it up. I like that. Yeah, no, he's awesome. I, I read his book too. It's like um, the uh, high performance habits. So he wrote mm-hmm. a book on that. Um, so yeah, just kind of switching gears a little bit of how I overcame you know, my thoughts of like suicide and depression. So a big thing for me was when I got down to that like deep dark, dark hole, I was like, there has to be something else. You know, <laughs> yeah. there has to be more to life than this. You know, there has to be there because everybody talks about like achieving their dreams you know, rainbows and sunshine, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> somewhere. So like, yeah, somewhere. So I'm like, dude, there has to be something different. And it was like, in my mind, that just wouldn't go away. It was like, no, there has to be something better than this. There has to be something better than this. And so I like, I searched. So I kept searching, try to find like happiness and joy. And one big like key factor of what I found was 
I read in the book of Preach My Gospel, and it says in there that life is supposed to be enjoyed, and the purpose of life for us to be here is to find joy and happiness and work our way back to God. Mm-hmm. And once I found that, because everybody has been telling me, oh, just, you know, keep keep uh, trudging along, you know, like, you got this, you know, just keep going, you're strong. It's like, well, yeah, but <laughs> but the, it's, that's not the purpose of life. You know, the purpose of life is for us to find joy and happiness and for us to achieve our goals and dreams and not not just suffer through life, you know what I mean, or survive. Yeah. Uh, surviving is not what life is about. So once I found that out, I was like, yes, that's the key factor. I'm going to, like, change my life now. So uh-huh. pretty much, like... <laughs> I pretty much said to everybody in my mind, I was like, all right, screw everybody. I'm not going to live anyone's life. I'm going to live my life now. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so I was Own like, to it. Yeah. yeah. So that at, at that moment, that was a, like a perspective shift for me. And so obviously I still had depression and whatnot. So I needed to like work through those, those trials. And it wasn't really until I like started finding ways to overcome it was when I read this book called Life Without Limits by Nick Vujicic. Um, he's a quadriplegic, has no arms, no legs. Oh yeah. And he overcame, you know, thoughts of suicide himself too. Um, actually like attempted once and after that he was like, No, this there has to be something better than this, you know, kind of my thoughts as well. And he changed his life around like 180 degrees. Like he's an amazing person. And so I recommend everybody read that book, Life Without Limits, by Nick Vojicic. Uh, he's a motivational speaker now. Uh yeah, and he has a great life. He's even married and has some kids. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, I need to read this book. Yeah, he's sounds he, great. Yeah, he's incredible. So, um, yeah, just fast forward like a few months. I you know read this book. I did the activities in it, and I found out that a big thing of what I was like struggling with was my thoughts of myself. So, for me, I, I like. What I did is I took a piece of paper and wrote down every good thought and every bad thought that I had about myself throughout the day. And I found out that I had like twice as many negative thoughts as I had positive thoughts about myself. Oh. And I was like, wow, yeah, this needs to change. And so I, uh, every time that I had like a negative thought in my mind, then I would replace it with a good thought or like two other positive things about myself. So I consistently did that over time. And now fast forward to senior year. I guess like it was in the summer when I was, you know, kind of figuring this stuff out. And so senior year hits and wrestling comes back up. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Wrestling's not my thing. Like, yeah, it was, it was my dad's thing. It was my coach's thing. It's, it's not my thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, for yourself. yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is where things start changing for me. You know, this changed my life. So I ended up quitting wrestling. And it was one of the hardest things I had to do to like walk up to my coach <laughs> after four years of wrestling in high school. And like at this time, like, yeah, I didn't like it, but I was like sort of getting good, you know, Yeah. after like four years. Yeah, because so, I mean, you've been doing it every single, well, almost every single day. And yeah. If you apply to yourself to anything with that kind of practice, in mind, you're like always going to, right. something's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to improve. Exactly. And so for me, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to quit wrestling. So I talked to my coach and it was so difficult because <laughs> he's, he's like really persuasive person. And he's just kind of like one of those people that like, and even like with me telling my dad, like it was super hard as well. You know, just whenever you walk up to somebody who you, you know, idolize or like your role model or whatever and tell them that you're not going to do something that they want you to do, it's so difficult. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I told them, I was like, you know, I, I'm just looking for, you know, other things in life. You know, I, I just, you know, want something else. I want to try other things. 
I don't think I told them about like depression or anything. Um, my my mother knew, and you know I, I did tell my dad too. But um, you know, obviously not not the whole world needs to know. But like right. just most important people in your life. So, anyways, and then I, yeah, so I quit wrestling. I also quit band. Uh, those were the two things that were like really time consuming, mm-hmm. and band was fun, but I just wasn't like going anywhere with it. Um, I took like another welding class for you know because that's what I wanted to do and so my my time was um you know pretty free to be honest um I also did cheerleading for my senior year of high school and that was like really different and it was kind of funny like seeing everybody's you know looks on their faces when they looked at me I was because they're all they're all thinking who is this what is this guy doing you know (laughs) yeah he's like totally because I was I was changing my life around it was like it was almost like 180 degree flip I feel like you know, doing wrestling and doing cheerleading instead of wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, doing like quitting band that I've done for, you know, all like three years, all three years of high school and wrestling. Mm-hmm. So this was a huge shift for me. And I started working at Waffle Love, got a job there. Oh, so I love Waffle Love. Yeah, Waffle Love's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everything was going great. And I finally felt like for myself, the first time in my life, I felt happy. Like it was content joyful is bliss you know i finally just felt like in control and yeah just chill you know i finally felt peace yeah and so uh, the depression like you know started going away you know i finally felt like you know this is what i want and it it honestly felt so good however (laughs) However, (laughs) there was there was one thing that kept tugging at me and it was wrestling (laughs) and i don't know how i don't know why like to this day i don't know why it like still tugged at me well, I think maybe because it's more of a drug, kind of. But I'll explain about that <laughs> okay, in a second. Okay. But <laughs> wrestling's kind of addicting, but I'll I'll explain why. Um, but anyways, and so it kept tugging at me, and so I like wrestling season starts November through February. Uh, that's the like wrestling season, and it was probably in like October, September, when you know I like told my coach and I, I wasn't gonna like wrestle, and so. And then November hits and the season starts. And obviously my coach and my dad are still like trying to persuade me. Everyone's trying to persuade me still at this point. And I, you know, I keep telling them no. But while I was like working, I had this like impression like come up, like that came upon me. It was like, you know, what if you just do wrestling for a week and then, you know, see how it goes. And if it doesn't work out, then just quit like forever, pretty much. And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, I already feel good right now. You know, why would I go back to something that gave me so much heartache? And, you know, that it just sucks. You know, getting my like face pound in the mat, black eyes, you know, or just getting like slammed on the ground yes, yes. or like that doesn't sound very fun. Yeah. <laughs> I know, honestly. And so, um, but yeah, when I was like, so I had this thing just kept tugging at me. It's like, it, it, honestly, it was, it was probably if wrestling was a person, you know, it was like pulling on my arm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, come on, just try like one more year. And finally, I kind of like gave in after like a month. So after, yeah, this is the like crazy part. So the season started November, I think 11th. And I started like a month later. So it was like December. It was almost like before Christmas um, when I when I was thinking of like going back, just trying it out for a week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, this is what I'm going to do. So I have two choices. I'm going to try going for wrestling, try it for a week. And if everything fits smoothly and if everything goes well, then I'll do wrestling. But if I do wrestling, I'm going to have to go all in. You know, I'm going to like quit my job. 
I'm going to put like so much work into wrestling because my big goal for wrestling was placing at state. Mm. And, you know, it was, it was pretty hard for a middleweight. I was like 145 uh, for wrestling. Uh, 145, 152s was what I wrestled. So, but yeah, I was like, you know, I definitely want to place. I know it's going to be super hard, but I'm going to put like all my effort into it, you know, because all the stuff I've learned, you know, just if you want something, you got to go get it. You got to trust yourself. You don't believe in yourself. And I was like, you know, if I, before a match, I'm going to like meditate, you know, see the, see the shots, you know, see the, like the arm drags, uh, yeah, the double legs, you know, just, or snaps, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so just kind of like all these things, I was going to like go all into it. And, but if it didn't work in that like first week, then yeah, I was just, you know, keep working and stuff like that. And the, what's funny at this point in my life was I've never had something like super easy that just like came, you know, kind of like the ACT or tests. You know, I always had to like work my butt off for it pretty much. And so, but when I, <laughs> when I did wrestling for that first week, never in my life has anything fit so smoothly. It was insane. And so like I did wrestling for that first week. We had a dual meet and then also a tournament in that week as well. Mm-hmm. Hadn't, re- hadn't like done anything for a month, you know, so pretty much going into cold, um, you know, going straight into wrestling. And so I was like, well, here we go. Let's let's give it a shot. Let's just do this. Yeah, and so the dual meet we had at Corner Canyon, and I only had I only practiced for like two days at that time, and then started wrestling. And the kid who I wrestled at Corner Canyon, we were you know we were going at it, and I I just picked him up and took him down, released him, picked him up, took him down, released him. And if anybody knows about points in wrestling, you get two points for picking him up and like taking and returning him down to the mat, and then if you release them, they get one point. And mm-hmm. so, but for me, like he was just, my coach saw that I was just like picking him up like pretty easy. So he was like, all right, just keep, just keep doing it. Don't try pinning him or, or whatever, you know, just pick him up, release him and just keep doing that. Keep releasing him. I was like, all right. <laughs> so I ended up getting like, I ended up wrecking the kid just because it was like, uh, I think it was like 26 points and he had like 15 or something. Wow. And that was like insane. Cause like, um, one thing too that I do want to say in the podcast is I, <laughs> I feel like awkward like talking about myself or you know explaining about the things that uh-huh. I've accomplished my accomplishments you know, uh, but yeah so I don't really like sharing this kind of stuff but I feel like it does need to be said because I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who do need to understand that your talents are for other people you know you don't need to save all your talents for yourself things that you've accomplished you do need to like share with others and so i learned that you know uh probably like two years ago um when i read in the bible you know it was like the the one who has who buried his talent lost his talent and the one who like expounded on his talents gained even more so um yeah when i share this like i don't want it to come across as like prideful or anything (laughs) because it's like no pride from you (laughs) humble beginnings oh um but yeah, I've, this is definitely, you know, what changed my life. So I definitely want to share with all y'all. Um, but yeah, so I ended up wrecking the kid going back to wrestling. Uh, I totally beat him. You know, it was like 26 to 15. And I've never got like that high of score before. And so, and that was like, it felt super good. I was like, wow, maybe wrestling is something that I should keep keep doing. Yeah, for the rest of the season, after I beat that Corner Canyon kid, mm-hmm. we had a tournament and I did pretty well in the tournament. I think I lost like one match um, after that tournament. And so I was like, like I said before, I was 
looking like pretty good in the season. Um, you know, kind of like I, as I was explaining before too, I was super excited and it was something that was, you know, just kind of reiterated. It's like, Hey, you know, you should wrestle, you know, and, mm-hmm. and everything just kind of like fits super smoothly. So throughout the season, I, one thing that I do want to explain to is when we wrestled at American fork, uh, cause that was like a big turnaround in, uh, for senior year for me mm-hmm. back in 2017. So when we wrestled American fork, I wrestled a kid who was ranked for fourth. And when he was, so he, when he was like ranked for fourth, I was in my mind, I was like, Oh shoot. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna go against like a, a guy who's, who's like, you know, going to place that state obviously. And he was like a state placer uh-huh. and you know, this could be my shot <laughs> to see if how I'm going to look in, in state. Okay. And right before I wrestled him, I, one, one thing I'd really like to do is, you know, kind of meditate, go through the moves in my, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, while I was like doing that, I was, I was ready to wrestle him. You know, like I, I had belief in myself. I was like, okay, you know, even if I don't do well, I'm going to try my best. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to see what this is like, you know, wrestling someone who's ranked. Uh-huh. And as we started to wrestle, I, you know, the whistle blows, you know, kind of, I usually kind of wait for the other guy to make a move before I, I make anything. Okay. I'm usually more of like a counter wrestler, I guess you could say. So I wait for him to make a move. He's not really doing anything. He's just kind of like faking shots, you know, grabbing my head, kind of snapping. And I'm usually kind of waiting for him. And then finally, uh, I think the first round ends and like, there's no points at all. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just, it's a tie right now. Uh-huh. Uh, we go into the second round and the second round we, you get to choose in wrestling the, there's like a coin flip. And then if you're red or blue, uh, you get to decide if you get to be on like top bottom or neutral. Okay. And so, and I chose neutral just cause you know, we haven't made a shot at all and I can get two points if I take him down. Uh-huh. So I choose neutral and i'm like okay i'm waiting for him to do something he's not doing anything so i'm just gonna go for it and i we get in a tie up i like grab his arm and i'm kind of like turning him around you kind of getting him off balance and i snap his head and then go to the ground and then i get around him and i get two points off that wow and then we start wrestling it's a scramble now (laughs) and he he gets away he gets a point and we start wrestling again. I think he gets a takedown mm-hmm. on me and I'm able to get away and get an escape. And it's just a scramble back and forth. <laughs> and at this point it's round three and I think I'm up by two at this point. And I was like, Oh, perfect. Okay. So I, I possibly have him, but we're going to find out if what's going to happen in, in the third period. And I keep wrestling him and I end up getting like a, a double leg in the last like few seconds, probably in the last like 30 seconds of the round. Wow. And I have to hold him because if, if he gets away, then I, I think at the moment I was going to risk, you know, like losing. Yeah. So over basically after that point. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I'm holding him to the ground and I go for a tilt just to make sure that he doesn't get away essentially. And he blocks that. And so we're, we're wrestling and scrambling some more and he's about to get away, but I return him to the mat and I just like pick him up you know, kind of slam him down on the mat again and just keep him there. And then the period ends and I win by like a few points. Wow. And I was pretty stoked. That's amazing. (laughs) I was like, perfect. So the, you know, I'm looking like super good for state. 
if I can be, you know, a guy who's like ranked fourth. Right. So. It's amazing to see kind of like, to me during this whole progression, if I can add something, it's just like your belief basically is growing. Right. You kind of go on from, you know, from the very beginning where you're like wrestling is not me to where like, okay, like I'm going to try it. This is the thing that I want to like push myself to do. And now slowly and surely with all this practice that you've been putting in. And also I think, importantly the visualization like you just said before that match where you're like i was imagining the moves how it was going to go down basically it i feel like these sorts of steps that you've taken allowed you to like really get to the place where you are it wasn't just like oh i'm gonna do it and it's great and but like you put in the work but the belief was also backing you up the whole way and you were growing it right yeah exactly and i that belief system Compared to all the other three years of me wrestling in high school, it was the it was a game changer. Yeah, <laughs> it was the key to you know unlocking success pretty much. That's great. Yeah, and then throughout the rest of the season, when I would wrestle kids, we uh, when I wrestled everybody, it was like I would like win some, I would lose some as well, and I ended up towards the end of the season getting like thirty and ten, so thirty wins, uh, ten losses. And which was like my best score ever, you know, throughout the season. And compared to all the rest of the seasons, all the rest of the years that I, I wrestled in high school, uh, my, my score was usually like 500, which is like 50, 50, maybe like, maybe, you know, 15 wins, 15 losses, or I think, yeah. And then once one year, I think my sophomore year is like 14 wins and like 17 losses, something like that. So it was usually around 50, 50, but this year. It was definitely a big game changer. And one, uh, two other things that I want to explain as well that totally you know, changed wrestling for me was when I went into divisionals leading up into state. When I wrestled for divisionals throughout the rest of the season, I actually was ranked second in divisionals. And when I uh, was ranked second, I had to wrestle like a whole lot, like the more skilled wrestlers, probably like, you know, state champions, some of the best in the state. And I was like, shoot, man, like, <laughs> I'm going to have to wrestle state champion. Here yeah, soon. <laughs> like that's in, since intense. It's yeah. like, how can I do that? Yeah, exactly. And so there's this one kid just to like explain about what, what it's like wrestling, uh, you know, like a state champion. So the uh, one kid that I wrestled, he was, I think, a state champion at like 152s for his weight class. Okay. And he dropped down to my my class 145s. And he had like a hurt arm and he had it like in a sling, you know, KT tape on it. And I had to wrestle him and I was like, "Okay, I know he's like a state champion for this other weight class, but he has a hurt arm. Maybe I have a chance, maybe I don't. Right, <laughs> We're right. going to find out." And at divisionals, I wrestled him. He still wrecked me. Like, wow. <laughs> even with the was, hurt arm. Yeah, even with the hurt arm. And so, I was like, "What the heck? This is insane." But it just kind of goes in in the you know perspective of how like I respect state champions a ton in like any sport just because the amount of work they have to put in the type of level that they're at because I know what I had to go through to even just to get close you know to like place that state wrestling or be uh, ranked in divisionals go through all this work you know this belief system but to be a state champion it's just another you're on a pl- another plane you know gotcha. yeah <laughs> different whole yeah it's a whole new ball game. And so, yeah, I get like wrecked by him. I think he, I don't think he ended up pinning me, but he definitely won by probably like five, six points or so. Mm -hmm. And 
I had to wrestle this one kid named Brock McLeod. And this, name. yeah, this guy's important to the story. So <laughs> with me and Brock McLeod, he was like throughout our whole wrestling careers in high school, he like, we would always go at it. And so I would like wrestle him. I always knew it was going to be hard because he always put in like a whole lot of work and we never like talked at all. Like, <laughs> this is what's funny. Cause I respect the dude and Brock, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> somehow, dude, I respect you, man. <laughs> we'll find him. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of all those times that, you know, you win, I won. Oh, man, it was definitely a battle all the time. And so we, uh, I I think I wrestled him for like two straight years. Uh, you know, we kind of like first met sophomore, junior year, and then have always, re- he's from Spanish Fork. So I had to wrestle him in divisionals. And it was like one of the last matches of divisionals. And what like sucks about this match is because I was super tired from the match before. And normally with wrestling, once you finish a match, you get probably 30 minutes before you have to wrestle again. 30 minutes to eat food, drink some water, rest. Because it's so tiring. Right, right. <laughs> After, you know, like a couple matches, you're just like dead, done for the day. And I think this was my fourth match after I wrestled. And I, in like 10 minutes, I had to wrestle Brock. And at this time, I was like, you know, I kind of want to talk to like one of the judges or, you know, people who are in charge of the tournament because it's not really fair if i wrestle you know right. 10 like, minutes right I after need at least 30 minutes right and sometimes it's like longer too than 30 minutes right. in a okay. tournament and but i had to wrestle him and i was like you know let's just get over with and so uh when i wrestled brock during that time that was my uh, like first time that i lost to him because we we were going at it like you know super um you know we were going at it like hard he was wrestling me and he was just getting like angles and stuff that I wasn't like prepared for. And as I was, as I like, you know, kept fighting, I just was so gassed, you know, throughout the whole like whole time we were wrestling. I was like, oh man, I'm so tired. And then having to wrestle you, who's like, it's always a battle when we wrestle. I'm right. <laughs> and so, but yeah, he ended up winning. And that was the first time he won. And I remember after we we finished the match, he like came up to me. He's like, dude, thanks so much, man. And just gives you like kind of like a bro hug and then just runs off. And I was like, well, you earned it, but, you know, that sucks that you won. (laughs) I still wanted to win. You're welcome, but that sucks. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Sucks for me, but all right, yeah, I I guess you're welcome. And and so, and but yeah, I respect the the guy a ton. So when divisional ends and we get ready for state, I think there's like a week before state happens. And this is the big tournament. You know, this is the final stretch of wrestling this is my final year of wrestling too is at state so it's final performance basically yeah what are, what have, what has been accomplished what like what, what results are you going to get from all this work that you put in yep exactly so it's my my turn to perform now mm-hmm. out of everything that i've been through out of the three years of it just <laughs> having my head pounded into the mat having our coaches like yell at us to run more sprints even when you're like super tired you just want to lay over and die yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing like CrossFit workouts and the coaches, even after you're done with the workout and you think you're done for the day, randomly, the coach says, all right, we got another, you know, a hundred like pushups to do, uh, you know, 10 more sit-ups and, you know, 10 more pull-ups. And then you guys can go home. Wow. Then after we do that, Oh, actually run two more, run two more wall sprints or whatever, you're you know? Like, so you're oh, just like, of course. I'm, <laughs> I'm so tired. And anyways, and so with all of this, 
kind of leading up into state, I was like excited, but I was also super nervous. This was, I was like looking pretty good for state and you know, there's a chance of me placing, but there's also a chance of me losing. And so I, you know, it's definitely like a, you know, 50, 50 chance that I can do mm -hmm. well in this. And so state comes along after a week of us wrestling super hard and practicing. I made a goal for myself that whatever I would place at state, that's what I was going to, you know, I wasn't going to like beat myself up over anything else, you know? So if I, if I place that state, you know, my goal was, I think placing fourth, but if I, you know, place fifth, then I wasn't going to, you know, hang it over my head or whatever. Cause I did well, I finally accomplished my goal. Right. And, you know? And so we start wrestling and long story short with, you know, uh, the, uh, they're basically called blood rounds. I'll just explain about these. But with the blood rounds, they are the hard, they're probably one of the hardest rounds because they're the rounds before you place at state. Oh, so, really? all, and once you go to state, like it's not, definitely not easy for sure. You're wrestling the best guys in the state, all at like, all of them are at this tournament. And so every match is going to be a battle. Every match is going to be really hard. And I think you have to wrestle, I think it's six, six or seven matches before you place. And actually, no, I think I lied. So I think it's four. It's either four or five matches before you place at state and then more to become a state champion, whatever. And throughout those matches, I won my first two. And where it got scary was my third match. And my third match, as I was like wrestling this kid, I think he's from Payson. I was, we were at a tie in the third period. And I was so dead, <laughs> like during this time, because this guy was putting up a big battle. We were like, because he was snapping me, like being heavy on that on my head the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I would try getting shots on him, but he would sprawl out from under me. So I had to, you know, sweep around him or, you know, stand back up. And even then when I would stand back up, he tried taking a shot on me. So I'd, so we're constantly moving the whole time and there's hardly no like resting at all. And during this time, I had the dangerous thought. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I don't know if I can accomplish my goal or my vision throughout the whole season that I've that I've had, you know, place at state. And, you know, this is hard. This is incredibly difficult. And, you know, having to go against him is like going against myself at this point, because I'm at the point where I just like want to just kind of pack up my bags and go home because my I think I had a black eye at this time oh, wow. uh, from like one guy just el elbowing me in the face uh not on purpose but you know we're we're just it's a big scramble and you're just trying to win at that point and you know i was my bones were achy my muscles were tired and you know just the thought came to mind i don't know if i could do this it'd be so much easier if i could just stop and just let him win and then i can just go home you know because i tried i i did try you know that's it's not something that i didn't try for but anyways and so when i had that thought that it was like kind of lingering and I was in a referee's position, which basically you're down on the ground and the guy's on top of you. And it's your, your goal is to get up and get away. Cause if you do, you get a point, but if he holds you down, he doesn't get anything. So it's more in your position. It's more, it's more beneficial to you to be on bottom just cause you can get up and get away. And so I was on bottom and he ends up turning me, which is really bad. So if, if, because once you get turned, your back's turned, your back's flat okay. on the ground, you can get pinned, and then you lose the match, okay. even if you're ahead by a few points. So I was on the ground. He starts turning me and getting near fall points. 
once you turn somebody over and they expose their back, you, you can get up to three points. Wow. And he got that, which means that he was winning. Right. <laughs> and I was on my, on my back, you know, with a scary thought in my mind, I don't know if I can do this. And it was at that moment where I've never experienced this in my life, but there was something that kind of snapped. And that snap, I don't know what you, if you want to call it like the animal inside, or <laughs> if you want to call it adrenaline rush, or if you want to call it like, if you want to call it beast mode, I don't know. <laughs> something. <laughs> something, but something snapped in me. And it was like, there is no way I'm going to get pinned down here on this spot today right now, <laughs> just because I've put in way too much work, way too many hours. And this is not happening. And once that, once that like mental shift happened, I just used like all my might and like all my strength to just wiggle out. And I, I went and went under his legs cause he was pinning me. I grabbed one of his, I think it was his right leg with my right arm or his left leg, left leg with my right arm. And I grabbed his head and just pretty much like threw him over me. <laughs> tossed, just yeah, like, I just out of here. Yeah. I just tossed and, you know, kind of squiggled out uh, from under him. And then I stood up and then I had one point. And at, at this point, like I needed to take him down for me to get into overtime. And at this point, like he was, he was dead tired too, you know, <laughs> cause he's trying to pin me. We're both dead. And uh, I was able to, you know, pick up both his legs and return him to the mat again. And I think I got some near fall points off of a tilt and I ended up winning that match by like, you know, a few seconds. And it was at that point, I was like, wow, I didn't know I had that, you know, mentality to, or that mental strength to shift, you know, from going from, I don't think I can do this to, no, this is not happening. <laughs> right. Just like complete determination against all odds, basically. Like there's no way right. I'm like losing this match, basically. Right. And the key with that match is with, that was the blood round. So, or it wasn't the blood round, but it was the one leading up to this next one. And for me to place that state, I had to wrestle one more match. And then I, if I win that match, I'll play sixth, you know, so I'll be in the placing rounds and then I can go on from there. So, but this next round, guess who I had to wrestle? I'm guessing, is it Brock McLeod? Brock. Oh my gosh, such a cool name. <laughs> I like looked on the Jumbotron at U, you know, uh, yeah, Utah Valley. Okay. We wrestled, we wrestled at Utah Valley and... I looked up there on the Jumbotron and I saw like my name and his name for this was for the next day. <laughs> States for two days. Okay. And so I was done with my matches that first day against the, the pacing kid. And so the next day I had to wrestle Brock McLeod and I was like, dude, are you serious, man? Of course. It's <laughs> like the I have to wrestle him. about to happen. Yeah. It's the rematch and it's for state. You know, you have to place the state. And so we go home and <laughs> I remember losing sleep over you know throughout the night like i just lost sleep over it because i i constantly was having adrenaline and also having like anxiety and i was like wow i you know that same thought came into my, my mind again but i was like you know it's it's a possibility that i can lose or it's a possibility that he can win but i'm not gonna lose if that makes sense mm. so i'm gonna give it all give it my all and i'm just gonna go for it and even though you know i he is a big possibility he's going to win, but we'll, we'll see what happens right. in the end. And yeah, so I had probably like th only three hours of sleep that night. <laughs> just, <laughs> just having him in my mind, just like, dude, I got to beat him. I got to beat him. I gotta <laughs> beat him. And, and so the next day comes along and I remember just a few, just like an hour before we wrestled, 
there was the there was like a I went outside of Utah Valley University, went outside of the like spectrum that they have, and the sun was setting, and I just remember it was like a surreal moment, just kind of like sitting there, kind of meditating, you know, looking at the sunset and the freeway and like cars in the background, and I just thought to myself, this is it, you know, that this is it, this is the time where I can shine. This is the time where, you know, all my effort everything that I've learned up to this point is going to be applied now. Wow. You know, now's the time. And I just, I, I remember like sit, sitting down on those like steps, the concrete steps and just kind of like thinking about that. And, you know, I was ready, you know, I've, I've done everything that I could do up to this point. And so um, I walked back in through these, through the, the stairs and, you know, the doors. And then I, you know, go down into the, I, my, the wrestlers call it the dungeon oh, <laughs> if you've ever been to like the not it's not like really underground but you know to the floor of the utah valley university i forgot what it's called it's um, called the dungeon yeah <laughs> i think it's the uccu center but yeah oh, yeah i think so yeah yeah but during there there's like tunnels and stuff underground so it's kind of like the dungeon but you'll see wrestlers down there just kind of like having the gear on you know doing just like jumping up and down you know warming up and stuff so I went down there to get ready um, before my match with Brock. So, and right before we wrestle, my coach is there. Also, my dad's there. And they're like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is the moment. And sadly, I don't have any recording of this at all. <laughs> and I wish I did. But because there is, my, my parents were there. Uh, a lot of family members and friends were there too. And anyways, and so Brock and I, stand opposite sides of the mat and we're just kind of like eyeing each other down you know <laughs> like in those movies in like the boxing movies or whatever yeah they got uh, the boxing it's a duel off yeah. basically you're just yeah getting psyched up and ready exactly and so we didn't you know we, we kind of you know stared at each other like eye to eye and i would just like pace back and forth between the mat before we're up because i think we're on deck at the time so as after the match ended before ours the wrestlers you know shake hands they get off the mat and then now it's time. <laughs> it's go time. And so Brock and I, you know, whistle blows. Uh, Brock and I, you know, start wrestling and nothing happens in the first round. <laughs> okay. So we're, you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, playing it safe and playing it safe as well. I don't want to risk losing a shot from him or risk like giving him a point. So nothing happens in the first round. We're just kind of in a tie up. You know, I have his arm, I have his head, you know, kind of pushing him away. Uh, he's pushing me away. We circle around try faking some shots but nothing actually happens nobody does anything second round comes along and i the there's a coin toss it's red and he defers to me uh you can do that in wrestling you know some point um you know specifications and so he he defers to me so it's my choice and i can't defer at all i have to choose and so i'm like all right i'll go down so i can you know get the free point when, when i get away so i'm on I'm on bottom in referee's position in the second round and I'm about to just think in my mind is, dude, I have to get away. You know, uh, this one point could be the match. You know what I mean? And once I'm on bottom, the whistle blows and it was, it was pretty like good scramble at the beginning. I was trying to get some reversals, try to get around him, but he was blocking me really well. And I, I was able to get up like kind of on my feet and my coach, I remember him yelling at me just like, don't worry about the hands. Don't worry about the hands. And in my mind, cause I always like just grabbed the hands and kind of like broke them off. 
But at this point, he probably saw something that I didn't. And so I was like, I was trying to grab the hands and I just had a question in my mind, just like, wait, what? And then Brock picks me up and slams me down on the ground, but not like, well, he doesn't even slam me. He like picks me up and kind of like trips me on the ground and my ankle pops. (gasps) And I was like, and just a whole bunch of shearing pain shot up my leg. And I was like, oh, shoot. And so we're, we're down on the ground and like the referee stops the, the match and whatever. And I like turned to my coach and I was like, coach, I think my, I think I broke my ankle <laughs> and I'm not to this day. I'm actually not sure if I broke it or sprained it. I think I did sprain it. Um, I never went to the doctor. That's probably, I probably should have, but <laughs> well, I'm excited to see what happens now. <laughs> you can go to the doctor. Yeah. And so part of the reason why I didn't go to the doctor is because my, my coach was like an EMT. And so he, oh, okay. uh, during the match, he just got some tape or whatever just like taped up my foot while we're like on the mat and the referee you only have like five minutes of injury time before it's a forfeit and we were using up like three minutes already just kind of trying to figure out what's wrong with my ankle and he's like yeah it might be broken it might be sprained we we just don't know so my coach without any time left you know he just like tapes it all up with uh you know some some sports tape uh while it's like while my shoe like he taped so my shoe is on my foot. I need like just tapes everything with my shoe too. Like we don't <laughs> it's even, just, it's we, just all there. Yeah. We don't even take off my, my shoe at all. Dang. And the referee, he was like, I, right, so are you good to wrestle or do you want to forfeit? I was like, Nope, I'm wrestling. <laughs> it's like, like, you know, if, even if my ankle's broken or not, I, you know, I still want to give it a shot. And so, and that was like towards the second period was when we, was when he like took me down and, and hurt my ankle. And so I like stand up and we're wrestling we're wrestling again. This is the third period. This is the last period. And he, I think at this point with the scramble and probably near fall, he has like, I think maybe a point or something. And so anyways, he's winning and I'm losing and I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm just going to go for it. And so we're wrestling and he, I think we get like a tie up. I like snap him to the ground. Um, I'm trying to make sure to go at this fast because with every injury that you have, it doesn't actually fall on like start hurting until what, like 30 minutes afterwards where you start feeling the aches and pains. Okay. So in my mind, I was like, I just got to go through this fast before I start feeling a lot of pain, you know, in my foot. And I snap him to the ground and he gets back up. He, he like snaps me where, you know, we're like wrestling. It's a big scramble. He tries going around me. I block him with my arm so he doesn't get around me and get two. And we're just fighting. And he takes a shot. And it wasn't like a super great one. So he takes a shot and I like, I push his head down to the mat and it's called like a head in the hole. Uh, But basically with my right hand, I grab his neck and kind of like hold his head down on the mat. And I use my other arm to like wrap around his arm and just to kind of like keep him away from me. And then I was able to like hurry and scramble around and get two, you know, cause I got around him basically like a reversal. And once I went around him, I could just feel him go limp because we had 30 seconds left. And uh-huh. at this time, we, at this time, like I am winning right now, you know, with me getting around, getting two. And even though we had 30 seconds left and he just, I felt kind of bad for him, but he just like went limp. He was like, Oh, I just lost. It's like a sense of yeah, just resignation. I, I guess I give up. I can't. Exactly. And I was like, well, even though he went limp, like I'm not gonna give him any You're chance to win. Slam him down. <laughs> I was like, even though he went limp, I'm not gonna give him any chance to like still win. So I get to I get him in a tilt because we're both on the ground, 
So I get him in a tilt and like get near fall. I expose his back to the ground, uh, you know, turn him over and I get a few points off that. And I end up winning by like three points. And that was at that moment, I was in like cloud nine. <laughs> that was like the happiest moment of my life at that point, just because I placed that state. You know, I finally placed that state. I finally like placed sixth. And I remember after that match, I went to like the trainer's office and they were, you know, hel helping my ankle or whatever. And my coach was like, hey, you got to make sure to stay hungry. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? I just placed. He's like, yeah, but you still have some few matches. You could place higher than sixth. Right. You could and, go up. Yeah. And so he was like, hey, just stay hungry. But that was honestly really hard to do because I felt so satisfied at that point. I was like, yeah, my, you know, everything up to this point, I finally won. I finally accomplished my goal, essentially. Right. My, my Your vision. vision was just to get in, basically. And so that was yeah. like everything going up to that point. So you were like, well, I'm, I am utterly satisfied because yeah. I made I made it. Yeah. Yeah. I find. Yeah. I finally did it. And yeah, that was a sublime feeling. It was incredible. And so towards I had two other matches and the first match that I wrestled, he was actually a kid who um, he was like ranked for fourth or whatever. Or he wasn't ranked, but he was going to place fourth. And I've beat him throughout the season. So I was like, okay, I possibly have a good shot. Sadly, when we were wrestling, my ankle just like it. I don't want to like blame it on my ankle because I really did wrestle poorly with him because I was de desperate at the time. Uh -huh. So I was like, no, I, you know, I, I know that I can beat him. So I'm just going to try these other moves and pin him. So I don't have to worry about like having to put so much stress on my ankle. So I tried pinning him, but I wasn't really good. Like, uh, I didn't really pin throughout my wrestling career. I wasn't a really good person who did pinning. And so as I was trying stuff, I would just get in like bad situations. He would get near fall. He he got like way more points than I did. So he was like pretty much wrecking me because I was I was wrestling poorly. Mm -hmm. And finally I got him in a cradle, which locks up his whole body. And I'm like and I get some near fall off that, but it wasn't nearly enough to win the match. So he ended up winning just because like I yeah, I I did pretty terrible at that time and then <laughs> so i was super mad about that and my ref didn't give me like it didn't let me get the pin you know i kind of blame it on the ref i was like okay, okay, i had yeah. a i had him on his back i should have won but the ref didn't call it so and then i have to wrestle so i have i guess fifth place now and i had to wrestle a kid who was like kind of like brock you know i've beat him before but he's it's always a battle and at this point with my ankle i was like no there's no way mm -hmm. and so i like i kept I kept trying to fight and kept trying to win, you know, but he would like, you'd be kind of nasty and kind of go for my ankle oh, yeah. and, and twist it in a way. It was like, okay, I'll turn over, <laughs> you know, I don't want to like break this more than it is. So, but overall, like I ended up placing sixth and I was honestly like really happy about that. Even though I could have placed higher, but with, you know, circumstances, whatever it ended up, I was able to end up placing sixth. And yeah, during that time, like it was definitely a big, a big reminder to myself that if I put my mind to it, you know, I can accomplish what I, what I want, you know, accomplish my dreams, my goals. And that was just something so powerful to me because of my depression that I went through, you know, being able to understand that if we do a lot of mental thoughts or doing a lot of, uh, you know, mental checks and thought checks, you know, if we think negatively about ourselves, you need to, you know, counteract that. And, you know, kind of fight it. You know, you need to fight yourself uh, to what you want, to what you achieve of doing. So that was a big, big motivating 
uh, tool for me. I love it. Yeah, I love this idea of like asserting what you want, basically living up to your potential. Because like just the whole story, which fantastic, you should make a documentary about it, maybe. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, but... but like this idea though, like that you were able to take something that was this big crux of like kind of like depression and lowness basically where you were just kind of hard on yourself and didn't want to and transform it just because you were like i finally like have myself in the right mindset let's try something hard let's challenge myself and from that the fruit of that was just kind of like this overwhelming i guess sense of satisfaction and growth and really taking yourself to the next level because you didn't like give up on yourself. You kept trying, even though you, you know, you went through a lot losing and whatnot, it then became this switch of belief. Like, yeah, I'm going to try, I'm going to believe. And then in those small moments, I love you picking out what are the thoughts that I was thinking and how that affected the match basically. For sure. Cause it's, it's totally 100% how it goes in our lives. If we're confused about things not working out a way that we want, basically it's, better to reflect on what are we thinking internally rather than what is happening outside of us externally yeah exactly 100 true and that's how i was able to figure out for myself to you know whatever i did in wrestling i should apply that into life yeah. in general and that's why it was a big life-changing experience for me because of all the other stuff that i've been through as i've applied the things that i've learned from wrestling into my own life then i've been able to you know, become a lot better because of it become my character has developed a lot more and I've been able to achieve a lot more just because of what I learned in high school. And yeah, I think, you know, every day is a new day. You know, we have like a new opportunity and with no, like no sunrise, there isn't a sunrise without a sunset. Um, there are no roses without rain. And if you can remember that, then you will always see adversity as an advantage and an obstacle as an opportunity. And I definitely really like that quote because it just reminds us that no matter what we go through, we can always turn those things that are, you know, um, disadvantages to us and just totally change them around and make them an opportunity. And I think that's kind of important to know in life in general, because there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of bad things. There's a lot of darkness in the world, but if we, you know, so to speak, if we turn that frown upside down, you know, <laughs> then we're able to see a lot more and, you know, things just open up to us. Right. There's purpose There's and purpose, power yeah. given back to you with just that subtle little shift. Exactly. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you, Sheldon, for telling and just sparing your soul on here. I appreciate it. I mean, it's not easy for sure, but I love having these conversations to really see real world application of what people like us are going through for how sure they can apply it to their lives and recognize that their adversity is actually their greatest tool potentially to right. growth as you and i both have experienced yeah yeah definitely and yeah i totally agree there's lots of other stories that there's a lot of other people who have gone through some dif difficult experiences way more difficult ever gone through and they're incredible people you know i feel like a lot of People who are the nicest people who have the most character. You know, I've been through like the most crap, you know, so to speak. So to speak, yeah. And they, yeah, there's a lot of hardships that can happen. But I feel like there's a time in our lives where we come to a crossroads where something really terrible, like really bad, is going to happen to us. And it's our choice, our decision if we're going to, you 
make the right decision and keep going with what we want to do in life, our destiny, if you will, or if we want to turn the other way and just kind of throw everything that we've learned and everything that everybody's taught us, throw away relationships and start going down a path that's a little, that's darker. Right. And I think that's important to know for everybody that, you know, we are going to reach, it's not a, it's not an if, but a when, when you're going to hit that, you know, midlife crisis or whatever it is, what are you going to do about that time? Right. And so, yeah. And the opportunity I would say to always choose the direction that you want towards like that purpose towards the hard thing necessarily rather than your destiny, as you said, is always available. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Um, thank you again, Sheldon. Um, if people want to find you or like, I don't know, reach out to you about your experience, um, you want them to know where you are, <laughs> yeah. where you, where can people contact you? Yeah, for sure. So I have Facebook and Instagram. They're both the same username, just Sheldon.McNiven. And you can find me on that. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes and everything. So if you can find him, uh, Sheldon's an amazing person. I, I love him. He's great. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks a lot for the opportunity. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you want to personally see how what I talk about can change your life forever, sign up for your free coaching call today. This week's episode was sponsored by Suicide Prevention. If you need help, please reach out to someone or call the number 800-273-8255. And special shout out to Sheldon for being such a stud and for being vulnerable on this podcast. And to everyone, keep it spicy.